0: Welcome to the Adventure Life Podcast, where we are finding adventure in the God of every day. And now your host, Will Ratcliffe.
1: What I love about this journey are the ways in which God has connected me with other believers who are on a similar path. And the people that I connect with the most are not the ones who are trying to build a platform or increase their ministry or following. They don't view themselves as experts or theologians. But they're brothers who were just down the road a bit, willing to share their lives and experiences to help others along the way. Now, Jeff Fields is one of those men, and today I'm sharing a conversation we had a couple weeks ago on grace and living in grace versus mixing grace and law. Hey, everyone. I'm Will Ratliff, and you're listening to the Adventure Life Podcast. So I got to know Jeff a little over a year ago. In fact, I think this is really close to the time that he came to this area last year. He and his wife came to Amarillo to visit a mutual friend. And also go to a Kentucky basketball game down in Lubbock. We all had dinner together, got to hang out a bit on their trip here. And since then, we've gotten on a Zoom call or two, kept in touch via email and some texts. So Jeff and his brother Roger wrote a book together and do a podcast together. But they're not scholars. They're not full-time authors. They're just regular guys. And he's just a regular guy. And they both have full-time jobs, families, kids, grandkids. To me, it's so cool how God makes certain connections. It's been fun getting to know different people in this journey. Being open to new connections has been a part of my adventure story for a long time. I've met a homeless guy named Cash. I've met tribal people in the bush of Senegal, Africa. I've met numerous people in apartment complexes who just needed some people to love on them. It's been a crazy adventure, but it's totally been worth it. I've learned so much from so many people. Jeff and his brother, Roger, are no exception. I've never met Roger, but through their podcast, I've learned a lot about grace and freedom, and I've really enjoyed reading their book. And speaking of their book... I'm going to be giving away not one, but two copies of their book, Breaking the Hex, Life with God after the Cross-Killed Religion. So hang on after the show to find out how you can enter the giveaway. But for now, enjoy the conversation, and I hope it helps you on your own journey as we continue to grow in the grace and freedom of Jesus. Well, Jeff Fields, welcome to the Adventure Life Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Will. It is a
0: privilege to be here and one of your earlier guests, Uh, you know, so it's yeah, scraping scraping the bottom of the barrel already <laughs> after
1: just a few weeks, huh? Looking for guests. Your guest number two. So. Yeah, you know we couldn't yeah, couldn't find anyone else. Yeah,
0: and... the other 18 people turned you down, huh? So that, that's right. Got yeah. Me.
1: Finally, yeah, someone said yes, and, I, and okay. I I appreciate that. Well, it took a little bit to get us together today, I didn't I didn't, uh... I didn't think I was gonna make it, and then. Wasn't sure if you were going to make it, but and I had a few technical
0: to... problems, but uh, we're, here we are. So
1: yeah, I almost had to run in with a semi on the way on the way home Ooh. from work, literally. And uh, wow. that was that was not good. So, um, but we made it. You're here. I'm here, and really excited about having you on on the show today. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be blessed by it. And so you know, that's kind of how it goes, right? Don't they say the more the more technical issues the the better the show is going to be. So that
0: why, yeah, I th- I thought it was big tech trying to cancel us. You know, and trying yeah. to. You hear about a lot of that today. So I, yeah, but I thought that's for sure what it was. But we we uh we uh, fought through it.
1: it and did, we uh, yeah. here we are. So yeah. So no pressure on that, by the way. It's the <laughs> <laughs> greatest adventure life podcast ever. So I've only had a few. So you know, you've got a you've got a good chance.
0: Oh, right, very good. We're ready.
1: Well, uh, first of all, I just want to let people know who you are, and so if you'd give, just let people know a little bit about you, a little bit about your background, Um, we're talking about grace today, and so maybe even just kind of your journey, how you have, or, you know, experiencing more grace in your life, maybe, than than before.
0: Yeah, well, um, of course, my name, Jeff Fields, Um, live in Lexington, Kentucky, born and raised here, Um, haven't lived here, there were some years we lived just a little bit away from here, but. For the most part lived, spent my whole life here in, in the kentucky area and um i was a full-time pastor for 10 years i went to bible college graduated in 1983 um got hired on as a minister preacher pastor whatever you know different groups call them different things pastor of a, a church of a little over 100 people in stanton kentucky and was there for 10 years i was 21 uh, it was a week after i got married uh Teresa and i uh been married now for I'll be going on 37 years here in a few months, uh, so 36 plus, and uh, excuse me, 38 coming up. We had 37 already. Almost, yeah. I had to do the math real quick here. Coming right. up on 38, but uh, we were 21 and 19 when I became the minister of Stanton Christian Church in Stanton, Kentucky. So minister is 21, his wife's 19. If you can imagine that. So uh, you know, we were leading the high school youth group too, and the college youth group. We were just barely older than they were. But I had a good experience there for ten years, and um, I had four children while we were there. But uh, resigned from there voluntarily. No, uh, my brother Roger and I that you know, do our podcast together. We joke about the uh, uh, recovering pastors with no record of scandal, and so you know resigned voluntarily, and just uh, you know think God led us in a different direction. Had two more children uh, later on, so we have a total of six children, but have not been in the full-time pastoring role since 1993, so I was there for 10 years, and uh, they treated us well, so I'm, I'm thankful, did not have any, you know, a lot of people that, a lot of a lot of men that were former pastors have some bad story to tell, you know, some horrible church split, or how they were so mistreated, that was not our case at all, The folks were very nice to us, and we, and we still have a lot of good friends there to this day, but, um, so God led in different ways, but, uh, you know, grew up attending church all the time, and just kind of a conservative Bible-believing church. And, um, but after that 10 years, felt God leading a different way. Had the opportunity to get in the, the financial services industry soon after that. I, I, that was nowhere in sight at the time I resigned from being a pastor, but that opportunity opened up a few months later. And so I worked in the financial services industry since uh, 1993 and um, enjoy that, thankful for that. And, but the, uh, you know, the whole thing of grace has definitely uh, been a journey. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know. I probably want this to be more of a dialogue rather than me just giving a, a 20 minute uh, testimony or anything, but anything specific or, I mean, Will, what type of uh, maybe where would you want me to start with that or what, uh, well, yeah, what just, questions maybe specifically there?
1: Yeah. I didn't know if there were any, you know, any big aha moments. Uh, I know you, you said it was a, a journey along the way, but is anything that you can point to that that helped you kind of, you know, realize more and more what the grace of God was and what it looked like in your own your own life and the life of your family.
0: Okay. Yeah. there. are um, a friend of mine is compiling a book right now on uh, written by different people. Each person writing one chapter kind of telling their grace story. So I have given that a little extra thought lately as, as I've been writing for that. And as I thought back, there was kind of four what I call eye openers for me. Uh, first one was actually while I was still in Bible college. Um, I had a, one of the classes was on the book of galatians we came across that verse about uh, three times i think it's galatians 2:16 3 times in one verse it mentions that you're justified by faith not by works of law and the professor even though i you know, i think there was a lot i didn't learn there <laughs> you know you learn some stuff later on after going to bible college and you wonder okay did they never teach me this or did i just was i dozing that day or you know what right. but, yeah i've been there done that but that uh, that day was i mean it really you know, it, it, was, it was kind of a spiritual experience for me when, you know, I think that for the first time, and he emphasized that it is by faith, not by works. And and just that basic fundamental thing that, yeah, that my, uh, you kind of boil it down to the, you know, everyone wants to get to heaven. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the basic thing a lot of people wonder about. Am I going to, you know, if I die, am I going to heaven or not? And, and so that was kind of an eye-opener to me that this, it's not based on what I do. You know, it's based on faith and what Jesus did. And that really was, you know, I think God did open my eyes uh, that day. But then from there, you know, that was just, I kind of saw that only in the context of becoming, you know, getting to heaven, kind of the eternal destiny part of that equation. But then, you know, how do I live this out day to day? I didn't make that connection. You know, I thought, okay, yeah, that's, we get to heaven. We get, we're justified. We're declared innocent by faith, but, in order to grow, you know, it's still on me to grow. And if I want to grow spiritually, then I've got to buckle down. I've got to be disciplined. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to follow these principles. And so, you know, subsequent years I kind of jumped headlong into just trying to, you know, I wanted to grow spiritually. I wanted to be a man of God. I wanted to be someone that God could work through. You know, looking back, I think a lot of that was kind of stemmed from my own, insecurity and my own desire to be accepted or whatever to be looked up to but you know it kind of gets to where you can where i was i was trying to follow god's principles so that my life would work better and i could be more spiritual and i could be see god work and so following god's principles was always a means to some other ends well that's basically law you know that's We just change the terms, you know, instead of calling laws, we call them principles. (laughs) If we think we call them principles, then we're not being legalistic because we're not following laws. We're following principles. It's really the same thing.
1: And there's an expectation there too. If I do this, if I do this principle, then I will get, you know, do X principle, I'll get Y result. Yeah. Yeah. Or you do
0: a, B and C, you're going to get D, E and F. And that's kind of following the basic principles. I think the way the the apostle Paul puts it one time. So the first eye opener, you know, we're justified by faith. And I, not by law, but that didn't translate to just day-to-day living, though. So, I kind of got, okay, I'm going to heaven, but now, you know, i I really got to be committed here and all that. The second eye-opener for me was soon after we got married, I attended a, um, well, it was supposed to be a conference, well, it was a conference on what was called home cell ministry. So, I'm pastoring and I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by home cell groups and, you know, getting believers in small groups. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted the church to really experience body life and not just be a a production on stage and so um, I went to this conference turned out there was like only seven or eight people had signed up for this conference in Indianapolis this is fall of 1983 and uh, to his credit the man went ahead and went to the conference I'm sure it would have been easy for him to cancel the conference but anyway so we met in a in a hotel meeting room and but before he got to the homestead stuff he covered some other material about the nature of man being spirit soul and body and then he shared about Christ being our life And the idea that Christ is not just first in our life, he's not part of our life, he is our life. And he opened up the scriptures, you know, John, you know, scriptures I already knew, but John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life, where Jesus said. So, you know, he's not saying I give you life. He says, I am the life. I'm not just the source of life. I am the life. John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. First John 5, he who has the son has life. He talked about Romans 6 6, knowing this, or old man is crucified with him. And so that for the first time, I really saw that the old self was dead to sin. And that was brand new to me. I mean, that was an immediate eye opener for me that I realized the old self that is so prone to temptation is dead, according to scripture. There's other places. In Colossians 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God, when Christ, who is your life, there's that phrase again, Christ yes. is your life. So the idea that You know, if I'm trying to make Christ first in my life, then that assumes I still have my life. You know, the old self is still around. That's an entirely different way of looking at it versus I don't even live anymore. You know, it's Christ in me that lives. And so that was another eye-opener. But still, so that was two. That was number two. And I went for many years still trying to kind of use it, though, as a way to overcome sin. Okay, great. I've got a new method now to be more righteous so God can work through me. So there, it was still a mixture, you know, still, so some of the grace thing, but but also trying to perform so that God would, you know, work through me more, you know, experience more of God's blessings. Um, Eye-opener three was more gradual and that really had to do with the love of God. And that's why the, you know, Wayne Jacobson that you and I both have an appreciation for, that's where he was instrumental in helping me see, you know, the love of the father and just relaxing into uh, who God is as our father and not sensing a pressure to perform. And and of course, his thinking on church life, that, that really opened my eyes to really see church life as just day-to-day of our relationships. You know, may or may not be in an institution, nothing wrong with the institutions as such. Right. And God works through the institutions many times, but a lot of times he works other ways as well. And so that was kind of the third eye-opener. Then the, the fourth one has been more in recent years and has been a little bit kind of a gradual thing as well, of and specifically dealing with grace, that there the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant has really been an eye-opener for me in recent years. And you know that's why Roger and I, so I have a brother, Roger Fields, and uh, you're familiar with him and, and you've listened to our podcast some. And we wrote a book about three years ago called breaking the hex life with God after the cross killed religion. And, um, you know, some of that, it's kind of weird when you write a book, you start learning stuff you didn't know, you you can't thought through. And so as you're thinking through stuff to write a book, um, and you, if you hear an ambulance in the background, let's uh, we, we live on yeah, a busy street where there's – there, we, we talked yeah, about that before we started this. We so did, yeah, told and you're you, right. we you're about
1: the 20-minute mark right
0: on the Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> if we get through this whole thing without an ambulance, we'll be doing good. But anyway, so it's not coming to my house, by the way. They just drive by here to get to the hospital. But um, you know, the, the book is basically based on the verse in Galatians 3, and then the message paraphrase talks about you, know, you crazy Galatians has someone put a hex on you and so the hex in that context the hex is when we try to mix the old covenant with the new covenant we try to mix law with grace and and so breaking the hex is when we realize the difference and then we realize okay we're living on this side of the cross and so i begin to see that you know grace is not grace is not just about forgiveness you know, for when you fall. And I think a lot of people think of, well, you believe in grace. Well, yeah, of course, everybody will say they believe in grace, but a lot of people just think, okay, that means you think, you know, God's really nice. He's not as mean as we thought he was. And he forgives us when we slip up and just kind of lowers the standard. Well, no, that, that is not what grace is all about. Grace is much different than that. That grace also involves, you know, a new empowerment. It's a whole new system you know, when you think about law and grace, I think a lot of times we think grace just kind of makes up for where we fall short. We try to keep the rules and principles as best we can. If we fall short, grace kind of helps make up the difference. That is not it at all. Grace is an entirely different system. Sometimes I I compared it one time to a, it's kind of like a software patch. I think sometimes we see grace as just a software patch. You know, we, we try to keep God's laws. So we try to keep his commandments and things aren't. So we just need a little patch, a little help. And grace kind of gets us over the edge. Well, no grace is an entirely new operating system. You know, be like comparing Neil DOS system to, uh, to windows or, or whatever. I'm, I'm not all that, uh, knowledgeable on the different operating systems or, or <laughs> windows versus Apple or whatever, but, um,
1: well, nothing. So I mean, you know, I think that's an important point, you know, that, that you're, that you're, uh, describing here is that, You know, it's not, it's not just a, it's not just a catch up. It's not just the the makeup stuff, but it's, it's a a whole new way of really looking at our life in Christ. And so, you know, I know too, I grew up in a pretty legalistic uh, culture, you know, church culture, and it was all about, you know, it was all behavior management, all, all about, you know, you have to, you, you're responsible for managing your sin And making sure that, you know, you're asking for forgiveness when you do sin so that, you know, God's blessing will continue. God's grace will continue, things like that. And so I think what you're talking about is super important. I want to make sure people tune in, you know, is that it's just a whole, I mean, it's it's a whole new life, you know, and Paul talks about new
0: new motivation.
1: Yeah. New motivation. We're given a new life. We are essentially a brand new person when, when we believe because, Christ infuses His life in us, and so then we're, you know, we are brand new. Not just, hey, you know, there's this, like you were saying, there's this other piece that's attached to us that's now the the grace piece. Um, yeah, and we, you right. know, that He looks at that, but we, you know, He looks at the whole of us now as in, you know, being righteous and holy before God because of because of what He did.
0: You know, grace is essentially what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. It's interesting, and I don't know all the scriptures references right off the top of my head, but there's several, there's three or four different examples in the New Testament where the the term grace and then the name Jesus or Jesus Christ or Christ are used interchangeably. Like, you know, one place Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. But then he says, I am crucified with Christ yet not I, and then he talks about the grace of God in me. Then in Galatians two, he talks about Christ in me. In places you see the phrase, the gospel of grace, another place, the gospel of Christ. And so, you know, they, it really, grace is a person in that sense and what God has done for us. I heard it, I read a definition early in, in the 80s that always stuck with me. And I loved it then. I still love it this much, as much today as ever by Watchman Nee. It's, and I, I just read it myself reading through a book. You know, usually you read quotes that are already pulled out. This one actually came across while reading the whole book. And he says this, that law means I do something for God. Grace means God does something for me. So think about that. Law means I do something for God. Grace means God does something for me. And so that's a whole different direction and system. And so, I mean, for most of my, or for many years, you know, I kind of, if I was honest, I would say, well, my Christian life seems like this is what I'm trying to do for God and something I am doing, which is completely different than being in a grace where you realize, okay, I'm on the receiving end of this. This whole life in Christ is not something I'm doing for God. It is something that he is doing for me and through me and in me and to me. And and I am on the receiving end of that. And so grace doesn't take over where law ends. Grace replaces the law completely. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he died for all of our sins, past, present, and future. So that the sin issue is... Dealt with, So there we know there is nothing between us and God, and God is not going to hold any sin against me, any sin against you, because it was dealt with at the cross. And then when we, by being joined with him, crucified with him, risen with him, and so his life is in us, and he is our life at this point. And so, you know, it's just a matter really of seeing, you know, I think all this boils down to who is Christ and what did he do? You know, that day in the classroom in Bible College, I saw an aspect of who Christ was and what he did. I saw that he died on the cross for my sins, for my eternal standing before God. I saw that. I didn't do something. I saw him and what he did. But that was just a small part of who he is and what he did. And then later on, when I was shared about Christ as our life and are crucified with him, I saw another aspect of who he was, who he is, and what he did. I saw that when he died on the cross, I died with him. And so every step of growth is really is not come by, you know, getting all gung ho and motivated on my own part or out of fear or something, but it always stems from seeing more of who Christ is and, and what he's done. And that is an inexhaustible discovery, you know, an inexhaustible, a never ending journey. Yeah, you know, absolutely. St. Peter talks about grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we do yeah. I think I used to think that growing in Christian life just meant growing in your knowledge of the Bible. You know, the more Bible you knew, the more the more you grow. And so, I mean, that's kind of what I, you know, it's kind of like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Book. And so, the more the, you know, the more scriptures, and I'm, you know, I, I read the scripture and think about the scripture as much as ever these days. But, you know, that's, it's a means, the scripture is a means to another end. The scripture is not an end in and of itself.
1: Yeah, to so, think about too, just historically, you know, the people in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Bible, you know, as as we know it, and even, you know, even in the New Testament, and even even when the Bible was available, not everyone could could read it, and so, there, you know, there's got to be a way for those people, and I think in us, too, to, to grow outside of that, um, and it, you know, for me, it's an important part. It has been an important part of my journey as well, but it's not, you know, like I said, it's not the only piece to to that journey, uh, to growing in, in Christ and what he's done for us and who he
0: is. I, I specifically remember a couple of different times when I was in my 10 years as pastor and trying really, really hard to be the man of God, you know, okay, I've got to get up at five thirty in the morning and I've got to spend a certain amount of time and reading the scripture and prayer and, you know, nothing wrong with any of that. But, but if, I, if we see that as a means to get closer to God or to, that that's gonna you know that's a, the A B and C that's gonna guarantee D E and F that's where we get. But I remember times trying that and then just kind of wearing out and thinking I just you know you get dry on the inside and and you you feel I just you know I just I just kind of give up. And there are times where I thought okay I'm just gonna give up. And I didn't do anything bad outwardly. You know it's not like I went out and robbed a bank that day or anything like that. But I was saying like, okay I'm just I'm just gonna give up on trying to be this you know, this discipline and all this. And when I did that, it was kind of like a day or two later, I sensed in my heart, you know, it's, it's just a love for God. It's kind of like I sensed in my heart being drawn toward him. And it was just the opposite of what you would think. You know, I thought, okay, I thought I would get closer to God by doing these other things. And of course I realized now I was, you, you can't get closer to God. When you're joined with him, one spirit with him, First Corinthians six seventeen. he's, you know, of the Lord is one spirit with him, you can't get closer to God than we are now. So that's a part, again, a part of just seeing who Christ is. But there was just a little bit early on before I had really any understanding of it all, the idea that when we relax, God works in our hearts. And it doesn't come from just kind of stressing out over, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. I came across something the other day, a good friend of mine, that uh, he, he was talking about how to tell the difference between teaching of the law and teaching of grace because i mean our unfortunately in churches and books and websites and social media and everything is is filled with a mixture of law and grace because we you know we don't trust the holy spirit we don't trust the person of christ within us to to produce his life with us we think we have to have the pressure of you know you got to do this you got to do that and uh and he shared that basically the You know, if you if you come out of a church service or you finish reading an article or something, and and the primary emphasis is what you need to do now, and basically you've been you've been taught law. You've been taught a system of laws. But if you come away from a sermon, come away out of a church service, come away from reading an article, come away from a podcast. And you're thinking, Wow, that's what Jesus Christ did. That's who Jesus Christ is then you've probably been taught grace. And when we mix it up, it spoils the whole thing. And so we, you know, it's the grace of God is the power. You know, the, the gospel is the power of God and the salvation, you know, Romans one. And so that is the gospel of grace. And so much of what's taught these days is really not the gospel. It's a mixture. And that whole Galatians three, you, you know, Paul got on the Galatians because what had started by the spirit, by faith, they were trying to finish by their own effort. And you know, I used to think. I remember growing up that you know, I was taught, okay, we're not under the law anymore. So I knew that verbiage, but what I thought that meant was, okay, we don't have to offer animal sacrifices anymore, and we don't have to go through those ceremonies. So, woohoo, that's the good news. And yeah, I, personally, I am glad I don't have to sacrifice no, <laughs> You, know, you and, me both. and bulls and lambs and all this. So, so yeah, that's kind of good. That's yeah. kind of good news, I guess. And you know, don't have to go through all these ceremonies and. And all this stuff. I grew yeah, up on so, a ranch, you know, so,
1: so I I could have had a few sacrifices available, but okay, I, well, you, I didn't have to do I mean, anything.
0: <laughs> you'd have been better at it than I would have, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, you know, that's not what it means to be free from law. the The Old Testament law, the law is one unit. You know, this whole thing of whether well, it's a ceremonial law, there's a sacrificial law, and there's moral law. That's, you know, there's no verse that says that. There's no place for it. You know, so when we're free from law, we're free from all of the law. You know, so it, it all hangs, hangs together. And, you know, it's really, you know, one of the phrases that's become popular in the last few decades is the idea of cheap grace, which I think is kind of an inaccurate saying. I think what's really more the problem than the cheap grace, I mean, grace costs Jesus' life. So I mean, it's certainly not cheap. But there's the idea of cheap law. I think a greater problem is cheap law that we think, okay, if you follow these principles or these guidelines, then you can become more spiritual. That's cheap law. That's basically lowering God's—that's Whenever that's what the Pharisees did. They lowered, watered down God's law, the Old Testament law in that case, to where it was kind of manageable for someone who really wanted to be disciplined. They could kind of manage their the pharisaical definition law, and they lowered that, and that's what we do, and that's cheap law. But grace says, I cannot keep God's principles. I cannot Tell me all you want that I need to be more committed. Tell me all all you want that I need to be, a, you know, a, a good disciple or something like that. Uh, I've tried that. I cannot do that. That just does not work. I don't think it works for anybody. Yeah. So when we realize it doesn't, we realize, okay, Jesus, he did that, though. And so we realize he fulfilled the law for us. Then we have a high view of the law, but we just know that he kept it for us. And then we look to him. We realize he is our life, and we rest in him. We enjoy his love. We enjoy his acceptance and we have a new heart. And so then we, we don't, we don't really want to sin. Now we still do and the flesh is still with us, but you know, we don't enjoy that, you know, cause that's not who we are. That's not the new heart in us. And so grace is, you know, Christ in us. And so grace is what God does for us and to us and in us and through us. And um, yes. that that's, I think more and more believers. I, I'm I'm really encouraged. More and more believers, I think, are seeing that and seeing the fallacy of so much of what is taught at times. and uh, that's really a mixture of law and grace. So
1: right, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think too, and you can speak to this also. But I think you know where we get in trouble, like you were saying, we go back to the Old Testament and then we start kind of we read through there and then we we think it applies to us and then we think you know as we read yeah. through all these laws of the Old Testament and and different things. were like, oh my gosh, you know, I got to do this, or I, I got to abstain from this, or I've yeah. got to, you know, not realizing that a lot, of, a lot of those, the majority, vast majority of those, were, you know, for the Jewish people presented to the Israelites, and, you know, and then here we are thinking that, well, because it's in the Bible, then it it applies to me, yeah. and and not right. really reading through the the entirety of Scripture and looking at. Like you said, the work that Jesus did and that he fulfilled the law. So are there specific, on you know, I'm glad you brought up your podcast with you, your brother Roger. And, um, you know, as you've gone through and, and done done some of those and studied this, you know, written the book, you feel like there's certain, certain points uh, in the law or certain aspects of, you know, our Christian faith when it, as it pertains to that law, you know, law versus grace and mixing it up where people really get stuck or they, you know, look to that and say, oh, I've got to you know, I can't forget this, or, you know, this applies to me as well.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how careful I need to be here, but <laughs> there's a, there's definitely some kind of uh, sacred cows out there. Oh, um,
1: yeah, yeah, you know, we'll tip over them. Let's tip go. over some sacred cows. Okay. okay. <laughs>
0: I got, I got one in mind, but before I get that, something you said earlier kind of reminded me is that, of you know, talking about Old Testament Scripture in particular, and it also applies to the Gospels, which I'll talk about here in a second, that we see all of Scripture through the lens of the cross, through the lens of the, of the New Covenant. And it's amazing how we read Scriptures in the Old Testament as if the cross never happened. And so like Psalm 1, you know, blessed is the man who... Uh, does not do this, does not do that, but his delight is, and I used to read that. Okay. That's who I want to be. I want to be that Psalm one man of God. Now I look at that and I see blessed is the man who does not walk in the, and I see, okay, that's Jesus Christ. That's not, that's not a goal for me to strive for in my efforts. I look at that and I say, praise God, that man already exists. He did it, Jesus Christ did it, and I'm in him. Or Psalm 139, you know, that search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me, you know, and lead me in the way everlasting. And so I used to read that verse and, and be, you know, I'd feel guilty. You know? And okay, I've got to look in my heart. I've got to see what's wrong with me and, you know, and and ask God to lead me in the way. And, but now, you, okay, if you look at that through the lens of the cross, you say, okay, no, that happened at the cross, that he, you know, lead me in the way everlasting. Think about that phrase, the way. Does that bring something to mind? Yes. Jesus said, I am the way. So lead me in the way. Well, if you have put your faith in Christ, you're in him, he's in, your, in you. And so all these things, uh, the friend of mine in Colorado has a great way of saying this. He said, that's your starting point. And so that's where we really get mixed up of all these things that I used to see as goals and kind of finish line out there to try to get to, I want to be more faithful. I want to be in the way of like, you know, you see, no, that's, we start from there. When you're in Christ, Christ has already done that. We wake up every day realizing that's who I am. And so we read the gospels to get to the sacred cow. You know, I don't, you know, one of the f- phrases we hear all the time is, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a follower of Christ. And, and I'm that's not totally wrong. You know, I, I kind of understand that. But I, I think it kind of can be really misleading. Because if I'm following someone, that assumes that there's a separation there. You know, when you're joined with someone, how do you follow someone you're joined with? And how do they follow you? I think we could just as easily say Jesus follows us. You know, in, in uh, First Corinthians, when Paul kind of admonish the Corinthians, you know, they were involved in some pretty immoral stuff. And he's saying, you know, you want Christ is, you know, he said, you're joining Christ with a, with a prostitute. Well, I mean, so Christ was following them. I mean, we we're joined with them, you know, at the vine of the branches, I think is a much better illustration. You know, the branch doesn't really follow the vine. That doesn't really make sense. Or, uh, you know, the sail and the sailboat doesn't really follow the wind. You know, it, it's just, and so um, I think that leads the whole, and the term of discipleship, a lot of people are surprised to, to know that the term, you know, discipleship, for one thing, the term disciple doesn't appear anywhere after the book of Acts. You know, it's, it's used in the gospels and, and those were learners, you know, disciple means learner and they learned of Jesus. But our relationship is so much more than that now. And so, you know, the Apostle Paul never talked about being a disciple or being a good disciple. And I think that a lot of times that, that terminology is used to Kind of try to get people to try harder and do more, thinking that they have to. That if if they don't have that to motivate them, that they're just going to get lazy, and that really underestimates the grace of God. When we see who Christ is and what He did on the cross, you know, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Then that transforms us on the inside to where you don't need. I mean, sin still has consequences on this earth. You know, I don't think God punishes for the sin, but yeah, I mean, if I you know, uh, if I just indulge headlong into the sins of the flesh, I mean, there's going to be, my life's going to be pretty miserable in more than one way. So, I mean, there, there's, it's not that there's no consequences, but in terms of God withholding something for this, no. I mean, it's, you know, He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. So,
1: all right. um, know, so I think you- that's
0: one of the, one of the areas we get hung up.
1: Yeah. When you mentioned discipleship, I had the flashbacks of these huge notebooks I went through in college <laughs> for a <laughs> discipleship yeah. program. And it was, it was a lot about, you know, you memorize scripture and again, not that that's, not that that's a bad thing. Um, I personally believe, you know, when right. the scripture talks about hiding it in your heart, it's, it's not just memorizing it. It's really, uh, right. you know, that it, it impacts you so much that it's, you know, it's meaningful to your situ, you know a situation or it speaks into your life or, you know uh, gives you a, a deeper revelation of who god is and jesus and what he's done and so you yeah. know i think it goes way
0: beyond that, just yeah i mean i hadn't even really thought about that verse but you know that familiar verse thy word have i hidden you know i memorized in the old king james so that's always what comes to mind when some of these things we memorized in that way but you know thy word have i hidden my heart that i might not sin against thee and so okay i've got to hide your word in my heart well when you realize okay the word really Really is the son of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word became flesh. Okay, I don't the word's already in my heart. Christ is already living in us, and we have a new heart. Again, that's our starting point. Right. So instead of this idea thy word hidden my heart is some goal I need to achieve and to hang on to. No, that I've already got that. You know, not because of anything I did, but because of who Christ is. And when you see who he is and what he did, your eyes are opened. And you see him face to face, and um, you know that—that's the idea of seeking God. You know, got to seek God, and and all this, and, and that a lot of that verbiage is in the Old Testament. Well, you know, Second Corinthians three talks about we behold Him, and so we already can know Him and see Him. So it's the seeking part's over. You know,
1: right? He's yeah.
0: he's found us. You know, we were the lost sheep, the lost coin. So, you know, so
1: yeah, that picture that you yeah, I mean, you were talking about about the vine and the branch. So I mentioned that and. Uh, podcast podcast episode is going to be a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, by the time this airs, but you know that the whole purpose of the branch and the you know all that the branch has to do is just receive what the vine is giving it. You know, it's not responsible, like yeah. not responsible for its growth. It's not responsible to be a better branch. <laughs> you know, it can't be a better branch. Yeah. It can't. It can't really do anything. You know, its only purpose is really to receive what the vine is offering. And so, and I know that the illustration breaks down a little bit, but.
0: I I used to mess that up too. You know, it's amazing how if we if we view it from a law perspective, we can mess up any of this. You know, you can see it different ways. I used I used to read that. Okay, think. Okay, I've got to abide now. Okay, I've got to I've got to abide. I've got to make sure I'm abiding today. And we make abiding into a word when I think we already are abiding. You know, abiding just means you live in there. You know, you live in Texas. I live in Kentucky. You know, I wake up every morning. Okay, I got I got to live in Kentucky. I've got to live in Kentucky. You don't wake up every morning. I've got to live in Texas. I've got to live in Texas. Now we're already in where we are and we're already in Christ. And so if you abide in me, you know, he was speaking to the disciples before he had died, before he had resurrected. So for us,
1: the if is no longer there. It's you do abide in him
0: and just open our eyes to see it and, and rest in him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or the how, you know, when I, would, I mean, I, I did the same thing when I was growing up. I was like, okay, you know, come across this first and be like, think how, okay. So how do I abide in you, God? How, what am I supposed to do? You know, it becomes, becomes a, a doing thing. <laughs> And uh, a few years ago, you know, you would mentioned Wayne Jacobson and, and he's been on the podcast and, you know, I was, have been listening to his podcast, The God Journey. And I remember just a few years ago, walking around the park that's, you know, real close to our house. And I was just asking God a season of my life where I was kind of, you know, in between quote unquote ministry and just asking, like, hey God, what do you want me to do? What, you know, what do I need to do? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I just heard him really just, just say to me. I just want you to rest and relax. I know you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. When you relaxed into this, you know, this aspect of grace and viewing grace from a different perspective, then things kind of open up. And I, you know, I noticed that in my own life too. When I just relax, I stop worrying about doing for God and just receiving. Okay. That's when, you know, conversations would happen naturally. I know, you know, for a lot of people, witnessing is a, you know, all right, to be a good guy yeah. Good Christian, I got to witness. I got to. <laughs> I've got to share Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I noticed, you know, when I started relaxing more and more and more, those conversations started happening more and more. And more. <laughs> you know, it's so and, and, you all, and
0: you also and, and you also have some good news to actually share. You know, yeah, I think a lot of us felt felt guilty that we weren't witnessing more, but if we were really honest, we were pretty miserable on the inside. Yeah, we, we're we're going to heaven, and that's you know that's obviously great, but in terms of here and now, it's you know we're just kind of trying to you know do the best we can and that's the good news we're going to share with somebody else you know yeah. but when you see who christ is and what he's done you see it's kind of like oh that's why they call it good news it really right. is good news yeah, and not- there's nothing about it that's bad you know? so yeah it's not partial. you really news. want to tell others about it you know yeah And it's not, you know, so much, so many times Christian circle, it's a bait and switch. Oh, it's it's great. It's a free gift. You know, don't have to do anything. And then when you get in, okay, now (laughs) we've got our 13 week course that we need you to go. Here's your stack of books. We need you to study and all this. And And your checklist. um, So, I mean, the the idea of grace is we continue the same way we start. That's a key thought. That's what Galatians three is all about. The way in Colossians two talks about that. We continue, you know, in faith, the way we started. So we, we enter by doing nothing totally free gift that is also the way we continue we can do nothing but receive to to initially be born again we continue in, in the same system and that that's grace and that's uh, christ is pretty good at that i mean he he can uh you know we just rest and relax and trust him but um, if we want to he won't force us to trust him but uh, so we, that's part of the discipline i think he lets us fail you know our father lets us fail and um And we learn to, learn to trust a little bit more and more.
1: Right. And then there's, and there's grace enough to cover it, all of that. So mistakes. Yeah. And
0: so, um, and it's not to get more blessings from God. Um, it's a joy to when we do, when God is able to, you know, we, we sense that we're being, I don't like to be the term being used by God, but when God is working through us to, um, to encourage someone else that that's a joy, but you know, we're no closer to God than we were before. We're no more righteous than we were before. God doesn't love us any more than he did before. You know, again, all that's the starting point. You start from there and just kind of a huge sigh of relief. It's kind of like a big spiritual, you just kind of relax and it's over, it's finished. And then we can, the pressure's off. And then you can really grow in that way and, and see what he does, and he can do so much more than we can through our own effort and
1: yeah, and it's determination
0: you know, termination and all that.
1: So, you know, it's, it's a lot more fun to, to to, yeah, to you know, it to really, this way. And it I really, think, is. I think people can tell, you know, and I think that's part of why when you rest and relax and you might get engaged in more conversations about spiritual matters and faith, it's just because people, you know, people can sense if you're tense, if you're, you know pulling the old bait switch or trying, okay, you know, i got to get Jesus in this conversation somehow. I've got to, you know, instead yeah, of just, just relaxing, like and, you
0: got to meet your sales quota of witnessing. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've witnessed to enough people this month. It's kind of like selling cars or something, but yeah, it's, right. it's a whole different perspective.
1: Oh. Well, I think we're about out of time. So Jeff, uh, man, I appreciate you coming on,
0: joining us again or joining us and, uh, hope we come back. Hope we come again. Um, I do, uh, you know, my folks, I know we appreciate you listening. Roger and I, my brother just started our podcast back up called the fields brother show. So, uh, if anyone wants to, to look for that, you can hear my brother and I kind of banner back and forth.
1: Yeah, that's and, good. Uh, i very
0: excited about your, very, very excited about the adventure life podcast as well. And, and glad to see that. And, uh, Oh, to make it back out to uh, Amarillo area one of these days, have no plans. Uh, We enjoyed, my wife and I enjoyed our visit with you in the Amarillo area about a year, almost a year ago, uh, before the virus
1: and all that stuff. We enjoyed it as well. um, You got to to get in a, a, I know you're a big University of Kentucky fan, so you got to get in a basketball game while you were (laughs) here and make it down to the big public metroplex.
0: Yeah, that went well last year. This year, it's not going quite so well, but uh, fortunately, there's more important things in life.
1: <laughs> that's, <so>. right. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And actually, speaking of your book, too, oh, right. um, Breaking the Hex, Life with God After the Cross kill Religion, you can find it on Amazon. I'm also going to give away two copies of your book um, here, so two right. lucky two lucky listeners will get a free copy of, of the Fields Brothers book. And definitely, we plug your podcast. You guys are on Monday morning jam when I'm heading to work.
0: Oh yeah, very good. We're we're uh we've got about uh, over a hundred that are that are out there, but we took a pause from August. We just now started back up, so we just hit our f- first one. Just was released this past Sunday after being not doing it for about uh, four months. So the new ones are at twenty to twenty-five minutes long. The older ones a little bit are longer, but um, so they're out there.
1: So. Yeah, and definitely worth a listen. All right, So well, my friend, I appreciate it, and uh, blessings to you and your family. To you as well. Thank you, Will. Appreciate what you're doing. Well, as you could probably tell in some spots, especially toward the end, the connection got a little glitchy. You know, technology is great, except when it doesn't work or doesn't work very well. But I think you got the gist of our conversation. I'm sure Jeff's heart for grace and Jesus came through. So if you want to win a copy of the Fields Brothers book, just email me at will at adventurelifeministries.com and let me know. That's the only way to enter this time is by emailing me. Again, you don't have to like anything or subscribe to anything, and I feel that this book is going to be valuable for someone out there. And it's not your normal book. It was really written with guys in mind who don't like to read. It's a unique format, and it's a quick and fun read. So just email me to enter the giveaway, and I'll give it away at 2 p.m. this coming Sunday live on Instagram. Well, that's all for this week. Next week, it'll just be me, and then in two weeks, I have not one, but two very special guests, and we're going to be talking about the adventure of marriage. So join me next week. And the week after that, with my special guests. And until then, my friends, enjoy the journey.